Hello and welcome to another Arseholics episode. Thank you as always for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, we'd really, really appreciate you hitting the thumbs up button if you enjoy the episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and please share the podcast. Please share the podcast with any other Arsenal fans that would be interested in listening to us. So the game just finished. We're actually recording straight after the game. Arsenal nil, Liverpool 3 pretty terrible performance terrible night for Arsenal uh we could probably end it there boys what do you think yeah <laughs> thank you very much good night bye <laughs> um yeah yeah well awful performance as I said uh, just a game that we didn't really even turn up to a game that it looked like the players weren't really that bothered um and we were just outclassed and second best all over the pitch uh, what were your guys' thoughts sort of uh, as the game progressed and unfolded? Um, well, to be honest, when we when we started, like I thought the first couple of minutes <laughs> we showed <laughs> quite a good amount of energy. I just thought, you know, to, yeah, I thought so quite <laughs> quite alert. It looked like, look like we were, it looked like we were at the races. Yeah, yeah? you know, that kind of thing. And um, actually you know, overall, like the first sort of, I guess, five minutes or so, I remember, I remember feeling that um, we look, although the, neither team had created a chance, I thought that, you know, we looked like we might have edged it as a better side and, and that was about it. And then it just, <laughs> there was, just there, there was like worse. 30 seconds at the end of the, at the start of the second half where we came out and we looked like, yeah. oh yeah, our test is run yeah. up and that's why I thought, I thought it'd be a West Ham <laughs> game all over again. Like, you know, going <laughs> it was 0-0 at that point as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I was actually quite confident for about, 30 seconds of the whole game. And then, so we had about two and, a, two and a half minutes of the whole game where... Yeah, we should have scored a couple of goals in that 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that was our chance. It was just, yeah, it was, it was just a deflating performance. No, I, I'd agree. Mm. It, it was a bit of a throwback to pre the pre-December days. Pre-Chelsea. And where we... You know, we've been on a bit of a honeymoon period since we tweaked things and we got Odegaard in in January, but this was just a throwback to <clears throat> just remembering how bad some of these players can actually be. Mm. And we saw the worst side of pretty much every single player on the pitch. Mm. Like, you know, there was the stat that before the game, they said that this was the first time that Oba and Pepe and Laka had started since the FA Cup final. And on this basis, you can see why. <laughs> like... There was a time, remember guys, there was a time, right, where squad depth was a real issue at Arsenal. You always felt like the first team looked okay, particularly under the Wenger days towards the end, but the, you always looked at the bench and it was like, oh, we've got no options on the bench. And it was a real difference between us and the teams above us. And and we got ourselves in a situation now where we had some injuries to some key players, right? So in theory, four starting players didn't play today. But we were able to field Pepe, Oba and Laka in that front three, you know, our, our sort of you know, top three most expensive signings. So it's not a matter of squad depth anymore, right? Those are the, those are players who have come in to fill positions and, and you know, they, they, they're worth a lot of money. They're on paper, good players. And, and they were just rubbish. Well, they were just mm. so bad. Yeah, to give you a, a sense of how bad it was, our uh, our expected goals today, 
So for those of you who don't understand what expected goals are, it basically takes the quality of your chances and says, based on statistics, how many goals would you score in a game? Our expected goals was 0.09, which is the lowest uh, it's been for Arsenal since records began in 2014. So we haven't had a worse game going forward in terms of creating chances for the last seven years. They're lucky that records only started in 2014. I think if records yeah. started at the start of time, it would have been about 50 years or something. That was shocking. Yeah, imagine that, though. Imagine mm. that. Like, your worst expected goals since records began when you've got that amount of attacking talent on the pitch. Or talent, well, I mean, you know, we should be using that loosely almost now as a talent based on price tag and reputation to a certain degree. But I think, you know, today, just for me, it just... It was felt so humbling at the end of it. It just felt like a massive reminder of the quality of some of our players. And I don't want to get to it because, you know, we whenever we lose, like it's important not to just go over the top. And I think that it's a case where some of the players who are a bit younger, I think it was just a reminder that they've got some way to go. Maybe they can still get to where they need to go. But, you know, there are some of those players that it just felt like this was a reminder that they're not good enough. Yeah, It's the manner of the defeat, which is... The most disappointing. Like when we lost to Wolves, we you know we played the best first half that we've seen for a long time, and then we got unlucky and we lost. Um, and even sort of since you know since December, like most like we've we've had it, we've seen a new team since December, but obviously we haven't been winning all our games. We've still lost a fair amount, but we can still come out of those and with confidence, saying you know we can sort of see the improvements. We can you know sort of see something. And just today, I just felt like I was just waiting for that. Again, as we sort of predicted before the game, we were going to have bad moments, and you know we're notoriously poor starters. We have been anyway for the last you know certain amount of games. So I was just sort of waiting for that you know that switch moment where we turn it on. And it was just disappointing that it just never happened, except for that thirty seconds where we looked like we were coming out at half time. Just never, never came to the races, and kind of the last time we just we never even had like a five minute. Mm point of the game where we were dominant like we were second best throughout the whole game what yeah no i completely agree Nero. and do you guys think or what what do you guys think the reason for not just the loss obviously but the performance was today do you think it was liverpool turned up and were just on it and just so much better than us do you think arteta set the team up in in, uh, incorrectly do you think you didn't pick the right players do you think uh they just weren't up for it which is what i think to be honest i think it's very much the latter they just they just turned up and uh, just, just didn't. I don't know. I, I mean, we took uh, just, just to touch on sort of my thoughts on this. We we talked about in the preview episode. Um, you know, Liverpool may be distracted by Madrid in midweek, and we didn't really talk about how we potentially might be distracted by our game on Thursday. Um, maybe it wasn't that. I know we talked about this on the WhatsApp during the game, and and we mentioned it, but it did feel like there was something there, something just not there, where they come into the game and. As soon as the sort of tempo of the game was set by Liverpool and they dominated possession, they had, yeah, they obviously had the ball and control controlling us completely. And we couldn't put a few passes together. You know, every time we got the ball, we were so sloppy. It just felt like from that point on, it was inevitable that there was no way that we were not going to lose that game. We all saw it from the first few minutes. But yeah, just interested, interested to see what you guys think the reason for the defeat was. I... I I don't I disagree. I, we we spoke about this on WhatsApp that the Thursday game was 
having a huge impact and being completely honest. I think it was a combination of three things. Number one, Liverpool were very good. And I said this previously that if Liverpool did turn up and pressed us and played well, we weren't going to win. At best, we could get a draw. However, I wouldn't expect us to be, even if Liverpool did turn up, which they did, I don't expect us to be this bad. And then I think it's two other things. One, I think the tactics and system were what I think completely wrong or very confused. And then the players on the pitch just didn't perform. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at the tactics, I think we we weren't sure whether we should be a counter, counter-attacking team um, where we tried to get you know balls in behind to Aubameyang and Pepe, or if we were going to try and build up possession and try and you know, actually just have a go at them. But we didn't either because we played Aubameyang and Pepe. And if we are going to try and build up possession, you don't really want those two players. Mm. You want Aubameyang in the middle and Pepe is not really one to help you when Liverpool are sitting back and you're trying to build up possession. But then if you're counter-attacking, you don't really want Lacazette on the pitch. And so I do think I have a little bit of sympathy because you know our two, our two, two of our three best attacking players, I think our three best attacking players nowadays are Saka, Odegaard and Smith Rowe. And two of our three best attacking players weren't on the pitch. Mm. But yeah, we just didn't look like we had an identity going forward. And we kind of had to play Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe because there really wasn't many other alternatives. And I think that really hurt us as well. Mm. But although like, yeah, we didn't have, I completely agree with those three points. I think the fourth factor potentially is the fact that we had a two week break from, I know it's obviously affected Liverpool as well. Um, having that disruption with the international break probably affected us more than them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what our, cause I don't think it's great what our win percentage is after a international break. I don't think it is great. I need to double check that. Um, but even if, yeah, even if we don't have Smith Rowe and Saka, we still got two 50 million pound alternatives who sort yeah. of came on. So, like, we sh- we sh- we can't. Although, yeah, the other two other the two young players are definitely better. That can't be really an excuse. Where the likes of you know Liverpool are still without Virgil and or two centre backs, and like you know they brought two two new guys in and you know they they're holding the fort pretty well there. Even uh, with their midfield, isn't it? Because you know you uh, can say Henderson they're not there. Yeah, exactly. Henderson. Wijnaldum's not there. Kaita's not there. Like you know. Mm. Uh, it, it's just so we can't use that as an excuse I think yeah yeah totally agree um, at some point you've got to run out of excuses haven't you like there's always going to be a reason it, it's tough injuries are going to happen we get it fine we just looked so disjointed and like good teams are are dealing with this a lot better than we are like, I don't I don't know what our stats are after international breaks but there, there's no reason why it should affect us worse than other teams Um and, and and there's no reason why today it should be as bad as it was yeah. because when we evaluated what happened against Liverpool the last time round, we talked about things Van Dijk was doing and we talked about Liverpool doing certain things that actually they weren't able to do at the beginning of this game at least. We let them grow into the game. Mm. We almost just let them get better. And and we just and and we had nothing about us. Even some of our players who are supposed to be the good ones, which is so frustrating. I, I mean, listen, it's it's. 
I think Ceballos had a terrible, terrible game. So maybe part of it, when you look at Partey, you can say, well, he Ceballos had a terrible game, so it was difficult for Partey. But mm. I still didn't feel Partey did enough to stamp his authority on the game and do what he's meant to do. Like he's signed to run the midfield. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everyone was hopeless. And like, Raj, you made a good point, right? I think at the start, Liverpool were probably a bit uncertain as to how good they are and how they would do in this game. But I think, you know, those first 20 minutes, we we helped them rediscover their form. We were like, you know, every time we won the ball back, we gave it straight back to them and let them practice building up play. And, you know, that first 45 minutes, Liverpool weren't at their best, but they were allowed to find their form, find their rhythm. And by the end, they were toying with us for fun. Yeah. And it could have been six or seven nil. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think Jurgen Klopp will be very, very happy with how things have panned out because he's now, it's almost a perfect warm up for their run in. With Chelsea losing as well, they'll be delighted. And if they play like this, then, you know, they've certainly got a very good chance of making top four. Yeah, I mean, but, I, mm. sorry, mate. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I kind of agree and disagree with you guys on, on that, um, just in terms of <clears throat> you mentioned the players that we were obviously missing and the two massive players for us. And not to mention, we also had David Luiz and, and Xhaka, probably missed Xhaka quite a bit today as well. But mm. um, it was quite interesting because clearly when you take Saka and ESI out of the team, we are weaker, especially Saka. Well, I'd say probably both of them. Um and in terms of that kind of front four, our danger man or the guy that's been pulling the strings for us has been Erdegaard. And I did notice, and it seems like the obvious thing to do if you're if you're if you're setting Liverpool up, if you're Jurgen Klopp, you know, every time Erdegaard got the ball, which wasn't very often, but he he did seem to he seemed to struggle today. Um, didn't really have options to pass to. I felt like he was, you know, Milner did a bit of a job on him and Fabinho. They were really good. Um, and I guess. On that basis, we of course miss players like Sakharin Asar because if the three of them are playing, it gives Liverpool a lot more to think about. Um, but regardless, so I agree with you on that aspect. We're going to miss those sorts of players. But like you guys said, the players that come in are not, you know, untested youth or whatever. You know, they're not past it players. These are, you know, Aubameyang's our main striker. Lacazette's been scored a what half decent number of goals this season you know these are players that should be doing a hell of a lot more just be interested this is completely off topic right and uh just a random question is coming to my head if we sold Aubameyang and Lacazette this summer and there's so many ifs buts and maybes how much for um, what would we do with the money if we if those two players were to go out and we were to replace them with two good quality strikers or two two very very good strikers would you how how upset would you guys be would you be that bothered, basically? If we replaced them, no, not at all. Mm. I wouldn't be upset at all. Replace them in, in the sense, With okay, you, again, players. you're taking you're taking a risk. I, I don't know. I mean, like, again, yeah. there's like a million names out there, and we're probably not going to attract the top yeah. names. But I guess I'm saying we're taking two players like Abamian. We know he's not had the best season, but yeah. since he joined us, he's been pretty unreal, right? You'd have to say, right? But he doesn't offer that much outside of the goals, which which yeah. we, again, you accept because he gives you the goals. Um, Lacazette's been kind of hit and miss and we've talked about, is he worth, is he, he doesn't, he's probably not worthy of starting for us, but he's a good, such a good squad, squad player to have and he's, he's sort of done a job in, in certain games. But I'm just sort of thinking a game like today, mm. I mean, everyone was pretty terrible, but you just I came into this game and yeah Liverpool came, it seemed like Liverpool came uh, uh, Liverpool played um as best as they have in quite a, quite a while 
And it felt like their three-week break, you know, the, the two weeks plus the extra week they had, it really, really benefited them for whatever reason yeah. that was. Whether it was rest, whether it was Klopp had a chance to do something on the training pitch with the players that were still there that didn't get did, uh, didn't go on international duty, whatever it was. But they they came into the game and they were they were just so much better than us. And I don't know, I just feel like, you know, players like Laka and Aubameyang, I just, I'm expecting so much more. Like there was yeah. like, like you said, there was not even a five-minute period of dominance. And if Erdegaard's being kind of taken out of the game tactically, then these guys need to step up. Yeah. And whether whether Aubameyang's playing on the left or not, whatever, like I, I still, it, okay, it doesn't work, but you there's still so much more that he could be yeah. offering and doing. And this is why I think they just weren't up for it today. Like they just weren't that yeah. bothered. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my opinion, I think, um, I think selling both will be, uh, probably won't be a best idea um, in terms of just like the leadership qualities they I don't know what leadership qualities but the leadership qualities they bring the fact that it was Aubameyang a captain today and then when he went off you know Laka was given the armband so obviously they're two leaders in the dressing room uh, and you know, the likes of like Smith Rowe has said that Lacazette's the one guy that he's been you know learning the most from um, and I know I've sort of banged on about David Luiz before and what he brings so in, from a leadership point of view no um, and then also with Aubameyang like He's just yeah. He's had an off season. Like before, before this, it was like he was like one of our best players for several years. Um, one of the best players in the league. Um, I just think he's got obviously other issues at the moment, like personal issues. You know, he's had he's like missed a few games for us for different various reasons. So hopefully, it's just stuff in his head uh, or sort of personal stuff, which is sort of affecting his game, which he can sort of bring that form back next season. So I wouldn't. I think. Selling Aubameyang will be sort of jumping the gun a bit too soon, but Lacazette, I agree, is probably, if a good offer comes in, it's probably the right time to sell him. Um, it'll be one or the other. I think losing two experienced leaders up front, I don't think it'll be the best decision because then we've all got, then we'll have youngsters everywhere or players without Arsenal experience. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think Aubameyang is going to be sold, given we've just given him a massive. Contract. No, I, don't, I don't think and, he is either. It's just a, you know. Yeah. yeah, but to take your to go back to your point, Mize, I think, like I said earlier, right? I think our three best attacking players now are Smith Rowe, Saka. Not in that order, but Saka, Erdegaard, Smith Rowe. Then I'd put Aubameyang, and then there's a huge gap, and mm-hmm. then there's everyone else. And the fact is that our the three that are on up, the three that are playing today in Pepe, like Pepe, Lacazette, and Aubameyang. They are three most expensive attackers, yet neither of them, any of them, are in our top three best attacking players. And it just goes to show, like, Saka isn't in the team because he's a, a promising young player that, that Arteta's gambling on. Saka is in the team because he is our best player. Smith Rowe is in the team because he's a better player than Aubameyang, Lacazette, or Pepe. Um, the reason, you know, Lacazette isn't starting every game is because he isn't that good. Um, he is sometimes good, like against West Ham, but he you cannot rely on Lacazette, you cannot rely on Pepe, and when Aubameyang is playing on the left, you can't really rely on him either. So I'm a little bit annoyed with why Arteta played Aubameyang out on the left, knowing that there's no real evidence that he's going to do it out on the left, when you think the only real chance we have of scoring is playing, especially given the fact that we don't have our two best promising young players, is play him in the middle and maximize your best striker's chance of scoring a goal. So I am quite frustrated with Arteta. The fact that he didn't really change it and his only alternative was to take Aubameyang off when we were, I think, 2-0 down, maybe even 3-0 down, 
just sums up a lot of frustration, not just with the players, but also with the manager. Yeah. It's for me the only time, the only time it's looked okay this season when we played Laka and Oba together was before we had Odegaard and we struggled to have a number 10 and we put Laka in the hole and there was a couple of games where it looked okay. But it's never looked okay to me when Laka's played as the you know, number one striker with Oba on the left. It, in this system, it's just never seemed to it's never it's never seemed to work. And today is just evidence of that again. We got we didn't get the best out of either player. And it was really weird because if you look at the positions that the players took up, Laka's taking very deep positions. Odegaard's actually the furthest forward player most of the time. And this is again where <coughs> excuse me, where I feel we weren't able to get the best out of Odegaard for a number of reasons. I think Mize, your point was a good one. I think Liverpool did a bit of a number on him anyway. But the amount of times Odegaard got the ball and there was basically no one in front of him was a was a problem where when you look when he played against West Ham and he was creating all those chances he was getting the ball and there'd be like four players in front of him and he didn't have that today so it was just the system just killed it and so yeah I think Arteta is is to blame for the system for sure but you know again like you look at those players and you just think that none of them were able to improvise in any kind of in any way that they should for players of that experience um, and it was, yeah, it, it was, it was really poor. And I think to go back just to your, your blank question, Mize, about, you know, would you be unhappy if we sold those players? I, I think Nero's point about leadership is, is a really fair one. If you took the leadership point out, then based on the performances of this season purely, just this season, yeah. then I wouldn't miss those two players. We wouldn't miss Lacquer. What, what leadership? Are you talking about what, form, though, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I still I think. About based I, know, on like, I disagree with Aaron. Obviously, I think yeah. when you said the best three players, that's on current form. Abamey has in yeah, Abame based on this proven, yeah. and he's he's probably on form. He's probably our best player. He has been our best player for the last three years, and he's in the off season and. Confident he'll be back once he's sorts out. Yeah, yeah, but a season isn't season, form. Yeah. A season yeah. isn't really form, though, is it? Like a season's a long time. Like it's not like saying, yeah. "Oh, like, like it's I not said, been good for ten I games." Don't know the, I don't know the ins and outs, but obviously there's other stuff there which is distracting him from his game, right? So, I mean, yeah, the, I still put Aubameyang as fourth, right? So I'm not saying he's like yeah. league guy. But if you play him like, where you play him up front, yeah. if, you, if you play him up front, then that's uh, again, it's just Arteta messing around with formation and. If he's a centre yeah. striker, he should be playing up front, not like left wing. Uh, we shouldn't be judging him on his performances there. We should be judging him on when he has played up front. But if you judge him on the performances no, up front, yeah. then it's still not been good. Not great, yeah. It's not great. But again, he... And then if you like, judge him on performances on the left, then you could say at the end of last season he was better than he there. was at anyone. This, mm. So it's difficult. It's too difficult. That's what I said, like purely on the basis. But of what this time season. last season, we were like... Let's break the bank to sign and keep him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, 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 for sure. It's fickle. But no, I'm saying now, 12 months on or close to 12 months on, it's not just that he's had a bad season. I just feel like, I don't know, we're clearly not a team that can have a forward that only offers you one thing, essentially. I feel like our striker is going to need, whoever our striker is going to be in a couple of years' time, yeah. they need to be a more all round player. Um, unless you've got three amazing. Play, if we're going to play this 4-2-3-1, you've got three amazing creative players that are just going to pick him out doing all, all game and create, give him, you know, lay chances on for him. But at the moment, you know, we're not a team that's dominating games and, and holding on to the ball long enough to even do that. You know, we couldn't even get the ball to Erdegaard today. So, yeah, it was, like I said, it was a, it was a very much a, 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 yeah, a, a random, yeah, a very hypothetical. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, um, and we yeah. go, sorry, just we say we, we're having a go at the front three because they 
you know, on paper, it's their responsibility to score goals. But, mm-hmm. you know, let's make no mistake. Everyone else behind them was equally as yeah. bad. Rubbish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ceballos was bad. Partey was bad. Yeah. Tierney was the only real kind of promising, like, player offering some promising movements going forward. But he went off injured. And after that, it was all downhill, I think. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to ask you guys. So we talked we talked about sort of the front players, but in terms of at the back, I mean, we managed to somehow get in. I say somehow, there weren't too many clear-cut chances from Liverpool's perspective. Um, but we, we went in that half-time nil-nil. And I think we knew what was coming in the second half. Um, and it was defensive mistakes, really, that seemed to cost us the actual goals. Um, they probably would have ended up scoring through their own quality uh, anyway. But... You know, in terms of the goals, the first one, the I think it was the the Trent cross. Um, we were talk, we were sort of. I, I was really complaining about holding uh, for that goal. I just feel like he's just let Jota go. Um, Chambers is at the back post, but I think he's worrying about Mane potentially making a late run into the box or whatever. You know, he's kind of got that back post covered. Um, uh, holding just loses him completely, and he's not really in the right position to then actually challenge for the header. Mm-hmm. Um, Raj, you were saying. Um, something about Holding's kind of aerial ability. Yeah, generally, it's, it's just, he's a guy who's meant to be good in the air, and I think for someone who's meant to be good in the air, he's just not very good in the air. Mm. I know that sounds really silly, but it's just if you he, he, we conceded against Man City and we only lost the game one nil, but we conceded because he lost his man and he couldn't beat Sterling to a header. And if he's in the team and if that's one of his strengths, look, look, to be honest, if I just go round on holding generally, like I think he's a really nice backup player and he's probably like a nice bloke. And he, every now and again, he puts in some good performances. But the fact is at the beginning of the season, Arteta didn't want him in this team. Yeah. Arteta wanted to, wanted to loan him out. And it was because of last minute injuries. He was like, actually, you can stay. And he put in some decent performances and, you know, he, he's actually played a lot this season. But he wasn't part of the initial plan. And I think games like today show that he's still not... He's never going to be an elite centre-back. He's not going to be a centre-back good enough to get us into the top four. I mean, we can't even get into the top six, let alone top four. And he's not got age on his side necessarily. At least with with Gabriel, if you look at Gabriel, Gabriel made mistakes today. Um, You know, he made a couple of mistakes today, um, arguably two leading to goals. But at least he's 22. And you can kind of say, well... There's clearly some excellent qualities about him. He's put in some great performances. He's got age on his side. Um, but, you know, both of them I thought were poor. But holding in this scenario is the experienced centre-half. Mm-hmm. And uh, I expected more from... You know, maybe, maybe I didn't expect more from him. As I, maybe it's wrong to say I expected more from him. Uh, I guess what I'll, what I'll say is your leader, your more experienced centre-half, needed to do a better job at managing the second half than holding did today. Yeah, I, I think we're being a, maybe a little bit harsh, right? I think Raji summed up holding quite nicely in that he's never going to be an elite centre-back, right? And I think if you look at that cross from Trent, only an elite centre-half stops it from getting to Jota. I think it was such a good cross that... Mate, I disagree. Like, yeah, he, he loses it. As in, I disagree. Like, you, you put, it, it, don't get me wrong, it's, it's an amazing cross. I think it's the first thing I said to in a, in my with um, a group of my other mates who are all random fans of random teams. But uh, yeah, it's an amazing cross. But uh, he, I don't know. I just feel like if Holding knows where Jota is, Jota hasn't had to do anything really to kind of get yeah. on the end of that header. He's not had to make a, a you know really clever run or any sort of movement. It's just 
you know, it's it, put on it his head. Run because the, the cross was literally. I know. So that's what I'm saying. So if Holding knows where Jota is and and is tighter to him, you know, and he, and he's got the aerial um, advantage or he's got the yeah height advantage. Sorry. So he, you know, he should deal with that. I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe we are being I a agree. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. Maybe like if you look at the individual chance, perhaps right. But I guess my my overall point is right. If um, if you're getting balls like that in, only the best centre backs will eventually stop someone like Jota from scoring a goal. Like in this instance, yeah, you could argue Holding had done that, right? But four or five times if those crosses had come in, Holding isn't that good to keep him out. I don't think he's terrible, but he isn't going to be good enough to completely keep out a team like Liverpool for 90 minutes. He's just not that good. I don't think, I think he is what he is. He's like our third choice or fourth choice centre-back, in which case he's not that bad. And if we're playing, you know, some of the teams a bit lower down the league, he's, He's okay. But I've yeah. just seen that um, apparently Louise is going to be out for a while. Oh, is it? Oh, really? Um, and he might require surgery and he might not even play again this season. Oh, what? Um, so, yeah, we're, we're about to find <laughs> I was just going to ask. Right, Nero took that one personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask, like, again, off the cuff, what we spoke about in the other episode, like, Louise are holding. Like, if you had to keep one for next season, and I'm, I'm okay, I want to say a fan of Louise, but I do would prefer him around next season. I think he has a lot more to offer than someone like Holding. Um, In terms of like the leadership stuff and also just performances as well. Uh, Obviously, lapses concentration here and there, but he can, he's someone on a big game can, you know, pull out a man of the match performance. So that's, I think that's sort of when, when that goal went in today, I was again, I was sort of disappointed with Holding and it's sort of backed up my sort of initial um, sort of feelings on the topic. Uh, of our centre backs, but yeah, now Louis is injured. That sort of <laughs> changes that a bit, doesn't it? It's annoying, isn't it? Because like you've got in Liverpool situation again, you know they're playing without their first choice centre halves, and mm. they just, I guess, manage the game in a way that their centre halves didn't even have to do anything. They could have just sat on the floor the whole game, and they wouldn't yeah. have had to do anything. They've done well. So I've just read a stat. So they've now played together uh, for four and fourteen minutes. They've they've only conceded a goal via a penalty. Well, there so you go. And so I've come yeah. in and they've. Is that tactics? Is it? I don't know. It's because like, of Fabinho, right? They're playing Fabinho at centre back, and whilst Fabinho wasn't, he was no. all right at centre back. Taking yeah. him out from midfield just makes Liverpool so much worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the minute they put him back in midfield, makes um, everything just starts working again. But we never know. tested them. That's the yeah. thing, isn't it, Nero? We 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 never tested. So, so I wonder whether Liverpool have just managed the situation. Well, they haven't managed the situation, I guess. Like they, apart from you know, coming into today. Were they the the third worst form in the league or something like this? But like, you know, they they didn't. We didn't test them. They were protected well. Um, and I think to your point around holding or Louise next season, whatever the case is, I don't think either of them are good enough for this team. If we're trying to progress, if we're trying to get better, neither of them are good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, we need a different right sided centre half. Whether that's one of the loanees, whether we think they can step up and be that. I, I don't know, but it's not holding and it's not Louise. And, yeah. and based on what you said, Aaron, and about the injury, maybe that's the last time we've seen Louise in an Arsenal shirt. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's unclear if he needs surgery. He'll, he'll get if contract, he does mate. need surgery, then he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll... he'll get a contract somehow. <laughs> he'll be out for the start of next season, but he'll still yeah. get a contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So we, and then we ended up conceding again shortly after Salah um, 
Yeah, we were talking about the Gabriel mistakes. It's a fair point what you said, Raj. You know, he's still young. We forget that, I guess, because he's played quite a lot for us despite it being his first season. Um, but regardless, or not regardless, but even so, I still feel like he's, and we said it again in our in our discussion during the game, you know, he goes to ground for no real... I can't really see why he's gone to ground in that instance. Obviously, he feels like he can win the ball, but it's a bit of a risk when you think you're up against Salah and you've got to be 100% sure you're going to take the ball and it's, it's you know it's going out of play or he's going to clear it, whatever. Um, he doesn't do that. Salah sort of rides the challenge a bit, um, finishes really well. You know, I don't know if he gives Leno the eyes or what, but puts it through his legs. I mean, <laughs> Leno leaves his legs pretty wide open, to be honest. Um, makes it quite an easy choice for him to put it through his legs. Not that I'm saying it's Leno's fault, but, you know, it's a good finish. But yeah, I was quite, again, disappointed with Gabriel on that one. Yeah, I, Gabriel's developing a bit of a tendency to be quite rash in moments. He'll like almost, he reminds me a bit of Koscielny when he used to do that, where yeah. he, um, everything will be fine. And all of a sudden he'd just dive in. Um, <laughs> and I hope he cuts it out because look, I think Gabriel has shown enough to convince most people that he's got enough potential to be a top level center back. He's just not there yet. Mm. But if he, yeah, one way to get there is to stop diving in like a maniac especially against Salah, who can make you look silly even when you stay on your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So, yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't helped because he was left so exposed so often. And I, I do feel sorry for him, but no, like, yeah, two, two huge errors there. Maybe the uh, David Lewis mentoring is not such a good idea after all. <laughs> they're all uh, turning into him. <laughs> it's a good comparison about the Koscielny thing. I haven't yeah, really thought yeah, about that. I think it's, it's a good comparison. Like, he, he, he does have that. And then, like, I think, yeah, look, I think he was at fault there. Ultimately, there was a comment from the commentators about saying that actually it was quite good that he didn't then try and trip him up because you see lots of mm. centre backs missing the the first tackle and then and then you know having a penalty. Um, okay, fine, fair enough. I mean, I, look, I don't think it was Leno's fault, but I'm always a bit annoyed at keep. If the ball goes through a keeper's legs, I always think they could have done something. Just a bit silly, different right? <laughs> it just looks silly especially when you're going for like a cricket type long barrier yeah kind of thing which is what he did right and it kind of goes through it a really weird like i didn't really like that i didn't think that was great um so but and maybe it was just clever from salah maybe it was just like a really clever finish um so i, I don't know but like it just it just looked the whole thing just looked comedy at that point and then it just kind of continued in this comedy vein until the third goal didn't it mm. Yeah, and third goal, another Gabriel mistake, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, playing out from the back, but I personally don't feel like he was under too much pressure. I think Salah's pressing him or about to start pressing him or starts running towards him, but he's still got a little bit of time to decide what he's going to do and he just executes the pass really, really badly. Maybe his head's gone from the first mistake or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But again, just generally pretty poor from us. We can almost gift it to them and um, they get the ball into the box and Joseph, Joseph finishes. Yeah. Again, he wasn't the only one whose passing radar was just completely broken all game, but unfortunately for him, you know, he gives it away in such a bad position that, and then at that point, Liverpool are really confident and like have rediscovered how to play football. And, um, yeah, they just make us look very silly. It's annoying, is it? Because I, I thought, because in the first half, it looked like we were more willing to just hoof the ball out. <laughs> yeah, when it was a bit tricky. And in fairness, that 
that had its own issues because we weren't able to string three passes together. And I think Gary Neville sort of was pointing out that Arsenal have to be a lot braver when they're passing and, and we were just hoofing the ball out. Mm-hmm. And then you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Because then the second half, we're like, I think Arteta said, stop hoofing the ball, just pass it. And then we do that and then we concede a goal like the third goal. And, you know, we're probably under pressure more in the second half than we were in the first half even. So, you know, it's, it, it just, nothing seemed to work, <laughs> did it? It, just, uh, it was just a complete off day, as they would say, I suppose. Like, the, the, yeah. it's just ev- everyone, everyone was poor. Like, <laughs> I think my, my concern a little bit again with this is that we have to get better at, dealing with it when some of our starters don't you know can't can't play like when when we have to change the lineup we have to get better at just adjusting and finding ways and there's been a couple of games where it's looked like we could do that but overall we're we are where we are partly because we've just failed to react to adversity um and you know and and we're ninth we could have closed the gap to liverpool to one instead it's seven um top six looks I mean, does top six look possible? Yeah, mathematically, I guess. But, you know, would you bank on us making top six now? No. Uh, we said, like, we had that period of games, right? Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool. And we said to really have a chance, we needed at least two wins. And we haven't got them. So not only have we got them, we seem to be you know, getting worse. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, I look, the league is, for me, at least emotionally, I'm kind of done and checked out. Yeah. And I just really hope we can turn up on Thursday to keep the season interesting. Yeah, I think the biggest disappointment of the game was Tierney getting injured as well in terms of our yeah. hope for the season. Like, I think I said, like, I'd have taken even losing as long as we don't get any injuries, but like, that's the work to, to, big, to get a loss. bad performance and you're arguably one of your most influential players out as well. It's, yeah, it's a... Bad day all around. Especially, the with, especially with no, I mean, he's such a massive player for us, uh, but especially with no backup left back as well, or, yeah. or yeah. orthodox uh, left back to come in. The, so it's not risk, ideal. Uh, Even though Suarez has done all right once he's when he's played. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think he sorry, does the job. Yeah, I think the worry for me is we we put Saka at left back. Yeah, I know. I, I really cannot do that. We cannot do that. There's a no. I don't. I don't think he will. I think Cedric's shown enough to get that backup spot or to get that starting lineup spot now if Tierney's not. I, I if, 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 if Cedric was poor, then yeah, I would agree he would throw Saka in the back. We need Saka where he plays on the right right wing. It'll be a tactical own goal if he yeah, I, does that. Which I would have to agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a shame with like, Chelsea losing. Like, if we had one, it would have only been like six points <laughs> off them. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never right. learn. He'll never learn. We've only been six points <laughs> off them if we're. You see what I'm saying? It's just, Mate, there's eight games to go. Is eight games to go? Eight games to go. Oh, yeah. Mate, eight six. games to go. Six points is six. No, look, and I, I, I'm. Pre- I'm. Well, aren't we? We've still got to play them. Yeah, we've so, played Chelsea. Yeah. So um, it was like if we had won, it would have been not just mathematical. It, was, it would have been like. Possible. Although, not, look, if we I'm not saying if like, we can make something on Thursday, it's almost a little bit helpful now that we can almost just not forget about the league, but. Like we don't really have to feel guilty about if we drop points. I don't know who we're playing after. Um, but it's quite the Europa because because now what's what's the Europa? Is it top six or the top seven now? Because Europa might be like impossible to play it, for uh, as well. 
Because like um, you know, Aaron, you know what you were just saying about um, the point you just made. You know, we can yeah. almost sacrifice points in the league, but it's I think as a player and as a team, it's very hard to just switch it on and off. Mm. Like, okay, Liverpool was a tough game today. We got outclassed. They were the better team, you know, all of that. But when it comes to us, you know, the remaining games we've got, I'm, uh, I, you know, I don't know them off the top of my head, but they're, it's a decent run in, right? Yeah. You kind of need to play players into form. You know, if the strikers aren't yeah. scoring, they need to start scoring ASAP, you know, that. Yeah. Um, getting that willing, winning mentality, that winning feeling, form, all of that, all of those kinds of things. Like, I get what you're saying. It, you're right. We 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 don't have to feel too guilty if we do drop points to Lee because we're not we're not missing out on anything, right? We we're just going to yeah, drop yeah. further down the table, but probably going to finish in the top half. Um, it doesn't make any difference if we finish eighth, ninth, tenth, or eleventh, yeah. really, apart from a bit of pride, apart, you know. So I get that, but I just think from a if you're a player and you come off, you know, if you're constantly not constantly, but if you're losing more games and you're winning, or you're putting in more and more bad performances and therefore not getting the results, it makes it quite hard to then turn. Oh, it. Oh no, I agree. Not from a player perspective, but I think I think I don't know if this is what you meant, but more from like a, even a squad rotation perspective, like especially with I the se- in, in the semis, like if you've got like Thursday, Sunday, Thursday. I think if you meant. meant- but what I mean is, I like, say you got a Thursday, Sunday, mm. Thursday game in like the semi-finals. I think semi-finals only one week apart. Then in that middle game, like I wouldn't play the likes of Tierney, for example, or like so I wouldn't mind just going out with a save your f- best eleven for those two Thursdays and play your r- rotate yeah, completely. I, I, like, I would, yeah, I but he's not going to. I mean, yeah. you got nothing to play for in the league. That's what I mean. Yeah, had we had won today, I mm. think we would have been like we're not so far off. Like I said, six points with Chelsea still left to play. There is a hope, and mm. I think then Arteta struggles a bit. Great. With, should I play my best team here? Should I look? We were we winning one nil. Should I take off Saka? Should I take off Smith Rowe? Um, and if we do drop points because we've taken off a player, then you you have that regret. But now I think it's very clear. Look, let's try. We obviously going to try and win every game, and I think we do need to build up that momentum. Momentum, but not at the cost of anything else. It's very clear now Great. that it's Europa League or bust. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and no, I, 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 I agree with that statement at the end, but I just feel like it's easy. I don't know. I, I feel like it's easier said than done in terms, of, like for example, Gabriel today, right? He obviously made two kind of bad mistakes. That's going to be playing on his mind when he goes into the game on Thursday. Now, this is now all about his mentality as a player. You know, is he able to now put that out of his mind as a fairly young player in a kind of position where mistakes cost goals? Um, is he is he able to put that out of his mind? Assuming he plays on Thursday, which it looks like he will. Um, and or maybe not we don't know uh and you know put in a performance okay against lesser opposition but i feel like that as a player as a person you know if you're looking at it from a mentality aspect and similarly with the other players you know if we if we'd had a game today where abamyang had missed or maybe not abamyang because he tends to always kind of come get us out of a hole and he tends to at some point if he even if he has a bad game where he misses a few chances he he kind of makes it right the next game but I'm thinking I don't know I'm just thinking of someone like Pepe for example who's very much a confidence player you know Pepe's not played himself into form all season like I'd rather yeah. Pepe if we know he's going to be playing on uh playing in, in the front four for a number of games for the end of the season for the rest of the season sorry including the Europa League you'd rather he starts get you know he needs oh, yeah, to of pick up but, so I, like, yeah but like say for example Again, back to the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, whatever scenario. Like if a if a player had like sort of picked up a knock, it was about seventy five percent fit. Mm. But then you've got a game on Saturday where it's a you know against Chelsea top four battle. Then you're going to risk him. 
right? Yeah, even but, all of us will say we're going to risk him and then he might get injured. Whereas if you're playing for... Yeah, but that's different. 11, you're talking about injuries or... or yeah, that's the whole idea you're talking about rotation. That's but, what I mean. That's what I'm talking about Arteta from Arteta's point of view. He doesn't need to have those decisions. But he's not going to he's not going to suddenly play? play like 11 different players on a Saturday game, you know, if we're playing like mm. Burnley or West Brom. He's still going to play, you know, majority... He's still, well, I don't know. Like, well, you tell no, me, okay, who's he going to rest? Example, right? Maybe, say to, today... Yeah. Um, I, it almost sounded like Smithrow and Saka mm. were close and probably might have yeah. made the cut today. Um, if yeah. you knew now that, like, say both of them were 75% fit and probably could have played today, but there was a risk that if we play them today, something mm. could trigger or some, something could go wrong mm. where they missed Thursday, would you, like, if, and the same yeah, no, I, for I, I agree with the they? squad rotation um, point. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. I was just, sorry, the only point I was challenging was, you know, what you were saying about, um, I can't remember exactly what you said, so I don't want to quote you, but it was, it sounded like, you know, we can, we can almost sacrifice points in the league to prioritize the Europa League. And if you guys just meant who we pick on a Saturday versus who we pick on a Thursday, mm-hmm. then I kind of, okay, I kind yeah. of agree. Yeah. Although I don't think Arteta is going to, you know, change the team from Thursday to Saturday to Thursday. However, I guess what I'm more referring to is that form, uh, basically, you know, you can't, it's very difficult if you're playing the same core six, seven, eight players on a Saturday that assuming they're all fit, so they're all going to play and then they play again on the Thursday. If they're putting in shit performances on a Saturday, it's very, it's not as straightforward as it sounds to just then turn it on on a Thursday, even if it isn't a big you you know, uh, quarterfinal, Mm -hmm. semifinal, or even a final. So that's kind of where I'm, I, I, I feel like, you know, if Aubameyang doesn't score for four, five, six games in the league or Lacazette and they're playing every game, it's then quite hard to then just suddenly turn it on on a Thursday. Like when the chance mm-hmm. comes, they've got to be, you know, with a striker, it's quite, you know, they go through these purple patches, right? It's very much confidence. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, if they've scored this chance before, then they're more likely to score the next one. At least that's that's kind of how yeah. I'm I'm looking at it. It was just just that one point, really. Yeah, I, I agree think with today's, today's selection probably then sums up in some ways how we'll probably go forward in terms of, if you if you're 100 fit, you'll play. Yeah. But if there's a small doubt, then we won't risk you, and we'll save you for the Europa League, basically, <laughs> right? In the sense that, like today, like point said, like we could have ESR Saka. If this was a super important game for us, and if if all the chips rode on this game, we probably would have played them. It sounded like you know they could could have maybe played, as he said, Aaron. And so, yeah, I, I think maybe we'll see that's how he manages it going forward because. Um, I agree. I think you need to play players into form as well. Um, and I think Arteta will also think that, look, if we if we win game, if we win the majority of the rest of our games, then top six is still a possibility. Like that can still happen, right? If we win the majority of those games. And so there's no reason for him to just give up on that entirely, right? So I, I imagine that he will just yeah, continue trying to win games, continue putting his best team out. But ultimately, I think Europa is priority. So if you've got a Saka with a niggle or an ESR in the niggle, you're not going to play them in the league. Hmm. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, boys. Well, right. yeah, disapp- <laughs> yeah, yeah, disappointing result today. But um, I guess we have a chance to bounce back quite quickly on Thursday. Uh, fingers crossed they actually turn up for that one eh because uh, like you guys just said it's a huge huge game for our season and for next season as well potentially yeah cool yeah. all right guys well we will see you uh next time again as always for those of you who have watched till the end thank you very much for tuning in uh please hit the thumbs up button if you've enjoyed the episode and yeah we'll see you next time cheers <laughs>